0: Adirondack Community, Capturing, Retaining, and Communicating the Stories of Who We Are is a multi-year local history project that collects and organizes audio stories and related photographs from Town of Keene community members. Visit us at myadirondackstory.org to hear about the rich social and cultural history of our community located in New York State's Adirondack Mountains. Hello everyone, my name is Andrea Lurie and I am currently a graduate student intern working with our Story Bridge. I am studying public history and library science at the University at Albany because of my passion for preserving history and making resources more accessible. As a lifelong resident of New York State, I am familiar with the beauty of the Adirondacks. The stories featured in this podcast highlight how these residents settled in Keene and the musical interludes are provided by Martha Gallagher, The Adirondack Harper. We begin with a story by Tom Dubois called, How I Ended Up Here With No Complaints. Tom shares how he and his wife were drawn to the recreational activities in the Adirondacks after living in Miami, Florida.
1: Hello, my name is Tom Dubois, and this is a little bit about how I ended up here. Uh, My wife, Ellen, and I are not native to the area. Uh, We have been living here full time for about five years. I grew up downstate in Hawthorne in Westchester County. I went to school at RPI and ended up working in Miami, Florida. And Ellen was also in Miami, Florida, which is where we met. Uh, Her interests coincided a lot with mine. We both wanted to be in upstate New York and be hiking and and climbing in the outdoors. We didn't want to be in Miami. So we were able to move to Glens Falls in 1982. And we lived in Glens Falls for 30 years and spent an awful lot of time up here in Keene Valley. We had the opportunity to buy property here early on. And so we had a place to land uh, for camping and things like that, for a period of time. Then eventually, we were able to build a house and we completed our round of the 46 high peaks. And since then, uh, much of our time is spent in the outdoors, recreating, and uh, of course, working, continuing to work on the house and the property, which is, and the gardens, which is a never ending uh, enjoyment, I guess you would say. We uh, were able to move here full time in 2003. So, for folks who know us, you've seen a lot more of us in the last five or six years. Uh, we would have appeared just like weekend hikers for the years before that. But now we're we're trying to be as involved as we can in the community. It's a wonderful community. Uh, we enjoy the library, the school, East Branch, Friends of the Arts, all these different activities. And we try to be as, as involved in as many things as we can. Um, as I mentioned, we're continuing to work on our house and property. We'll probably be working on various different things there until, uh, until we can't anymore. And we continue to try to recreate outdoors as much as possible. I think uh, on the house front, my biggest future plan is the treehouse. And we have a running joke that e- each year, the treehouse is next year's project because it's frivolous and there's so many other things to work on that are more important. But I think maybe next year in 2020, the treehouse might finally be coming around. Uh, we have most of our family lives in Florida because I have a very small family. My sister lives in Albany and that's my entire family. Um, Ellen's family is all in Florida. So we go to Florida every Christmas to visit the family. And we also travel as much as we can with friends, skiing, hiking, things like that. And we expect to continue to do that for as long as possible. We really enjoy our neighborhood. Uh, We live up on Baxter Mountain and we have a whole group of wonderful neighbors. And, uh, I can't complain I don't have any complaints at all. I think we've been very, very fortunate, and I count my blessings every day.
0: Our next story by Barb Dwyer tells how the Dwyer family was welcomed into the neighborhood in a fun way in the 1970s.
2: My husband, Matt, and I moved to the Adirondacks in 1974. He arrived in August to start work as a law clerk to Judge Soden, the Essex County Supreme Court judge in Lake Placid. Matt wanted more winter. During the four years between college and law school, he'd been in tropical climates, first in Sierra Leone as a Peace Corps volunteer, and then in Georgia, Texas, and Vietnam as an Army draftee. In his third year of law school, he applied for jobs from Glens Falls North to the border and Lake Champlain to Lake Ontario. The job with Judge Soden did not become available until early August 1974 after Matt had taken the bar. I moved to Placid in December 1974 and commuted to the University of Vermont three days a week to do my MBA. We had an apartment in Lake Placid for two years, but Matt and I both wanted space and a more rustic existence. So we found a rental in Keene on Allstood Hill Road and a house that has since burned down. It was the next to the last house on the road, three and a half miles in. At that time, at the end of the road, lived Jossie and Nummy Balan. He was a painter, and they lived a very self-sustaining lifestyle with meat and egg chickens, a huge garden, and a freezer. They came out once a week for some staples and to pick up their mail. If they didn't come out, there were no car tracks until we came out. At that time, there were only about half a dozen year-round residents on Alston Hill Road. To our surprise, we had a party line for our phone. This was 1976. I'd never had a party line in my life. We had a particular ring when someone was calling us, and. Also, at that time, if you wanted to call anybody else in Keene, you only had to dial the last four digits of their phone number. That was rather quaint. Every other phone call, even to Lake Placid or Wilmington, was long distance. The party line made us feel closer to the other residents on the road. We lived there for 13 months and felt we were part of a neighborhood, even though we were not at home much. We got to know the belongs well, Walter Clark, the founder of North Country School, who lived around the corner, sort of, at Clifford Falls, and Wade and Tracy Whitney, who happened to have the same wedding anniversary as us. Much changed two years later in 1978 with the approach of the Olympics, the telephone system in the area had to be upgraded. So, That happened, and suddenly we all had to dial all seven digits of the phone number. It was quite a discussion in town, and people were rather upset to lose their old system of only four numbers. We also lost the party line. So, the end of an era.
0: Frissy Titsworth-Reed tells how her family, generations ago, arrived in Keene Valley in the 1800s. Instead of recreation, the Titsworth family came to the Adirondacks to start a new life on a farm.
3: My name is Frissy Titsworth-Reed, and I've been here for a long time, like 78 years. And one of the things about Keene Valley that fascinates me is the people and how they got here or how they discovered Keene Valley. So as a 78 year old, my main claim to fame about Keene Valley is the fact that I'm connected to the Rivermead crowd. Rivermead is an old farm started, uh, by an Estes family, I think, in uh, the 18th century, but in 1906, my great grandfather bought Rivermead. And as a family home, he encouraged his family to come. And one of those was my great grandfather, Charles Grant Titsworth. And he came as a young boy and hung out in the summers as did my own father, Grant Titsworth. And as a child, he bought a house in Keene Valley away from Rivermead rather than hanging around Rivermead that is called the Late House, that is L A I G H T, which was um, bought in nineteen forty one And that's where I grew up, as did my brother and sister. So we hung out there for most of our lives. We ate lunch at home. We didn't go out and drive around in cars. We walked everywhere. My childhood was spent sort of halfway between River Mead and the Keene Valley Country Club. And then in in our On our favorite hot days, we'd have one of the mothers of our friends take us for long swims at the upper bouquet or the lower bouquet or off to Lake Champlain. At any rate, we spent that kind of time, and as a older person, I have now moved on and bought my own house which is the horse farm in Keene valley and unfortunately we're just thinking about selling it now but we have another home to come to at any rate the the river meat association has always been very strong and very good for me as it makes me a member of a very big family which is has a family tree in the dining room that is a good 20 feet long and has everybody from my great great grandfather Charles J- Charles Livingston Taylor right down to my own granddaughters <music>
0: In Who is the Newcomer?, Betsy Thomas Train relates how awkward she felt in her early years in Keene, until a visit to the library to hear a lecture brought her a surprise that made her feel at home. So my husband David and myself
4: moved here in 1981 and have lived here ever since. We've raised our three children here and... A few of them have returned because they've loved it so much. Uh, But David's history is spending every summer here from when he was a baby. And he had an idea of summer as country club, hiking, golf, tennis, canoeing. There was a housekeeper. There were house guests. There were... 46 peaks and lots of stories that I had never been part of in my childhood. Uh, my summers were much more about, I grew up in, in New Jersey on the shore and my summers were much more about riding bikes around, uh, the good humor trucks, salt water and sand and visiting relatives and maybe, you know, hamburgers and hot dogs in the backyard. Um, every house looked alike. So up here, every house was fantastic and different and new, and some of them even had names. So we had a little bit different background and I always felt like I was the newcomer and he was the one that belonged to the place. Well, now I belong to the place. I've lived here for a long time and I'm very much a part of the living community. Um, But then I heard a story a few years ago uh, that gave us pause about who had been here the longest. And who was the newcomer? So I was walking down the street one day and past the library and saw a poster for part of the uh, Monday night lecture series in the summer. And this was a lecture to be given by Pete Nelson. And it was called The Great Legacy of Charles Broadhead, the Surveyor. And I thought to myself, Charles Broadhead? Well, I have a beloved or had a beloved uncle named Charles Broadhead and my grandmother's maiden name is Broadhead. My brother's name is Robert Broadhead Thomas, and honoring that name, my son, is Asa Broadhead Thomas Train. So I got in touch with Pete, and I got in touch with my brother, who's the historian of the family, and they each did their own research, and I learned that, in fact, I was... Uh, 12th generation descendant of this Charles Broadhead. And as I learned more about him, well, he had to survey this really rugged line from Lake Champlain through the high peaks all the way to the direction of Tupper Lake, some very rough territory to drag that surveying equipment. And then I learned further that Charles Broadhead, the surveyor, is the first recorded white man to stand on top of one of the Adirondack High Peaks that was Giant Mountain in 1797. David's father had bought a house in Keene Valley in 1947, so clearly he was the newcomer, not I.
0: Our last story today, How I Got Here, by Alex Shimatoff, explains how a family tradition of hiking and adventure persuaded Alex to settle in Keene.
5: My name is Alex Shimatoff, and I was born in Mount Kisco, New York, and grew up in Bedford, New York, which is right near Mount Kisco, in the 1950s. I'm 74 now. And a lot of people from Bedford came up to the Adirondacks, friends of my parents. So, but, you know, we started going up and visiting them. And by the time I was eight, I climbed Morrissey and Algonquin. Uh, My parents loved mountains. Uh, And then we started going to Switzerland every summer. So I didn't come to the Adirondacks until uh, the. Let's see, early 70s, yes, when I met Ben Kernan, who lived in Bedford, and he has a fabulous place in Kane Valley, and he took me up there, and, and and he had a cabin right on the brook where I ended up writing two of my books. I'm a writer, by the way, and uh, and then I... Started looking for a place uh, for our for ourselves. Like we were living in in Catona, New York, right part of the town of Bedford there. And uh, I found forty acres up on the end of O'Toole Road, uh, which is uh, three miles up Hurricane Road, right past the Mountain House. You take a left. There's a very deadly curve there, and it was 40 acres, and it was completely, nobody had ever lived there, and I found out that it had belonged to the philosopher William James, who had the mystical experience up in Panther Gorge. And he bought it because right across Gulf Brook was Glenmore, the Philosopher's Camp, which both uh, the McClellan family and the Weston family were involved in. And then after I got the whole uh, succession of owners from Tim Smith, the lawyer uh, who handled the deal, uh, then it belonged after a couple of other owners to... Uh, Jack Parr, the original host of the Tonight Show, who bought it sight unseen with a partner, and then they sold it to three black three women black women from Brooklyn, who sold it to a black cab driver when there was a boxer's training camp and a nine hole golf course, which is totally overgrown. And uh, and then in time it ended up with some people called the Murrays, uh, who was I bought it from, and Missus Murray couldn't stand the black flies, and they sold sold it, went down south to Georgia or something. So there we are, we got the forty acres, complete wilderness, and we say, okay, where are we going to put the cabin? I was just going to put a cabin, and uh, so, Ben walked around his very good sense of land and he said, This is the spot. I said, Okay. So, it took us uh, two weeks for three of us to chainsaw the view, and there was Mount Marcy hit dead down the valley, all the gothics and slop, big slide, the most magnificent view. 30 miles of nothing human, just green trees and the old moon rock anorthosite, you know, mountains sticking up there. And, uh, so, uh, we used to go up from New Rochelle, mainly me and my two boys, my wife, you know, she stayed down pretty much in New Rochelle. She was Brazilian. And, uh, and then we, uh, so we, we started going up there and getting more and more local, you know, getting to know the local people, and finally uh, I became one in 1990.
0: Whether these individuals were drawn to Keene because of the natural beauty of the Adirondacks, to start a new life, or family ties, these stories all share what it was like to settle down in this amazing community. Thanks for listening to My Start in Keene from Adirondack Community, capturing, retaining, and communicating the stories of who we are. Hear more at myadirondackstory.org and let us know your reaction to what you've discovered. If your community wants to start a project, learn how at www.ourstorybridge.org.